Amen. Thank you so much, choir. Would you join with us in singing this morning, lifting our voices to the Lord with a great old hymn of the church, There is Power in the Blood. Let's stand together as we sing. except you can play. Really? There is power. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, you came along 
and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied hearing your love sing oh there's nothing Oh 
copy of God's Word. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let me say how good it is to see each of you today and glad that uh, all of you are here. If you're a guest today, it's really a joy to have you to be a part of this celebration service today. I am so glad uh, I've got my oldest son Seth and his family here today. And uh, that's Michael and that's Nathan, the two good-looking guys right there. My beautiful daughter-in-law, Elizabeth. We call her busy because she's very busy with three kids. Actually, four kids. I will count Seth as her oldest child. And uh, I love them and so glad that they are here today. And, and then Joey and Lisa Blackstone are just a sweet couple that I've known for years. And her dad was one of my dearest friends. His name was Rufus, Rufus Phipps. And Rufus was on the pulpit committee that called me to pastor at Rocky Creek. And uh, he was just a, a man of God, and I just dearly loved him so very much. Uh, I, I know that he loved me. I, I remember on one occasion, you, 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 when somebody loves you enough to tell you the truth, you know that they really love you, Right? I mean, the book of Proverbs says if you've got somebody that will tell you the truth, that is much better than somebody that will just give you flattery. Because the flattery is going nowhere, but the truth can actually help you. And so I had been in probably about three weeks into a 30-day fast. And, you know, there are some things that happen to your stomach and your enzymes, and, and if you're not careful, you, you have bad breath. Okay. And so one Sunday morning, pretty early, he came down to the church office, which was not unusual because there were several guys that would come and pray with me before the service. And, but he got there a little early, and he just walked up to me and shook my hand and put his arm on my, my shoulder and just looked at me, squaring the eyes, and said, Brother, I love you. And I love you so much. I'm here this morning to tell you your breath smells like you have swallowed your socks. <laughs> 
Now, there was nothing spiritual about that, all right? But he told me the truth, and so I was, uh, I was appreciative of that. But what a precious, precious man. Today is Sacrifice Sunday. If you're a guest today, let me tell you what that means. Every fifth Sunday, it's been a, a part of the culture of this fellowship that every fifth Sunday, we're going to do something different, something just a little unique. And part of that is having communion, the Lord's table together. And we're going to participate in just a few minutes. At the end of the service today, we're going to have what we call our, our sacrifice offering. And, and typically that could be anything, right? We, we see a need, we see something that we want to be a part of, we want to bless another church, we want to bless another ministry partner, and you've done that. And so in, in recent months, there have been occasions where you blessed First Baptist Church in Reed. They are a partner church with us in revitalization. And so we've made a commitment to come alongside that fellowship. And where they've been spiritually weak or unhealthy, they've got a wonderful leader in Andy Moore. And we've made a partnership with him and with that church that we want to see them healthy. And, and we want to see them survive and thrive and then do the same thing we're doing with them to another congregation and so we get to be a part of that together and so I love the fact that we are blessing other churches with resources uh, not too many months ago Mike Blackwood who grew up in this church and you know about the the ministry that he is a part of and uh, Christian adoption and how incredibly important that is especially in our day did you know there's enough churches who name the name of Jesus that if every church just had one person that would love we would never have another child that needed to be adopted think about that for a second so we love that type of ministry. We get to partner with them. And so we took up a special offering for them and blessed them with that. And what an encouragement that was. Well, today we're going to do something a little different. Not that you haven't done this in the past, but there are some things that God wants to do here. And there are some things that we need to prepare for what God is doing here. And so we're a little bit behind of where we need to be. And we're praying that this day is kind of like a catch-up day. If we're going to catch up, we're going to get up to speed, and we're going to just, okay, God, we're going to be faithful in our tithes and offerings and our giving in such a way that whatever you choose to do, we're just going to, finances is not going to be a hindrance. And by faith, we're just going to trust you. And here's the good thing. God's not broke. Somebody say amen. Daddy is loaded, all right? Daddy is loaded. And so our Abba Father is, is large and in charge and ruling and reigning today, and, and so the at the end of the service, we're going to use this time. So if you brought your offering or a special sacrifice offering, we're just going to put that all together today. And, and in an act of worship, we're just going to ask you to come. And there's some baskets here. And, and I really want it to be a, a time of worship. I really want you to, as you come and as you bring, because giving is worship. Did you know that? The Bible teaches that giving is worship. And so I want you to feel this sense of worship. And I don't think there's any better way to set the table for that today than to think about the Lord's table. And so the passage that I've chosen today is a very familiar passage. And I'm just going to read it. I want to go to verse 26. I want to make three simple statements this morning. Listen to this familiar passage. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you that you made a provision for us, God, who were just dead in our trespasses and sins. God, that you would make a way through Jesus that we could have life and life eternal. God, that our sin could be forgiven and that we could be in right standing before you. That you would love us so much, God, that you would bankrupt heaven in order that, God, you would make your love known to us. And so, Lord, when we look to Calvary, when we look to the cross, when we look to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, God, we can't help but see that you love us and that you demonstrated your love to us, that while we were yet sinners, that Jesus died for us. And so today, Lord, as we gather around your table, Lord, just take these few moments and remind us of why this is so important. And God, remind us why we should never get too familiar that we lose the wonder of what you've done and what you are doing and what you're going to do in the future. And so, Lord, take this time and use it for your good and for your glory. And we will praise you and thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Look again with me in verse 26, because I, I want to make just, again, three simple things that I want you to think through with me this morning. For as often as you drink this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes so there's something that we proclaim there's something that we participate in and there's something in our future that's going to happen so first of all look at that first little phrase for as often as you eat this bread and drink the club you proclaim that's something that we declare something that we proclaim now let's let's really figure out what that is today matter of fact it's in the text for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. So Paul is saying this is not something new. This is something that you've heard. This is something that we have received from the Lord, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed. Now, if you, if you stop right there, what was that night? What was the night that Jesus was betrayed? Well, if I go back into at least John chapter 13, I will discover it was during the time of the Passover. So here is Jesus in the upper room, and he's having a Passover meal with his disciples. It's the very night that Judas betrayed Jesus. So that's important to understand that. So, so Jesus, his disciples, they're in the upper room. They are observing the Passover meal. Now, uh, even a better question, maybe for some of us today, is what is the Passover? That's a good question. That's a legitimate question, right? 
And so if I go back into the book of Exodus chapter 12, you will discover that God's people, the nation of Israel, they're in Egypt, they're in a foreign land, they're in the wilderness, they are in bondage. And God had had enough. And there was wickedness and there was sin and God was going to pronounce judgment. And here's what he did. He, he shared with his people, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get a firstborn male lamb, and I want you to kill that lamb, and I want you to cook that lamb, because and, 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 you're going to eat. That's going to be part of the Passover meal. There were four cups. I don't have time this morning to go into all the details. Maybe the next time I'll go into the four cups. But there's four cups, and there's the lamb, and, and there's, the, there's the bread, and there's the bitter herbs. That's all a part of this Passover meal. And, and, and God said, I, I want you to, to, to eat of that lamb, but I want you to take that blood, and I want you to put the blood on the doorpost. Why did God tell his people to do that? Because that was his plan for the deliverance of the judgment of sin. And so he said, I want you to take the lamb, and there is this sacrifice. And so here's Jesus on the night of Passover and the meal, and he's reminding them of what God has done in the past to deliver his people from sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so a lamb had to die. It was a man taking the life of a lamb and to take the blood of the lamb and to put it on the doorpost. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Remember that? So that's the essence of what Jesus is saying. And, and, the, and he's saying, hey, it's Passover. It's time to celebrate. It's time to remember what God has done. Now, fast forward back to John chapter 13. There they are in the upper room. There's the bread. There's the wine. But there is no lamb. Why? Because Jesus was declaring that night, I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It is though that Jesus laid himself on that table, declaring to those men and declaring to all, I am the Lamb of God. He was the only one that was sinless. He was the only one that was spotless. The Bible says, he who knew no sin, did no sin, had no sin, that is the one who became sin for us. So today, when we participate in the Lord's table, we are proclaiming, we are professing, we are shouting and screaming that we believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation. There is no life outside of Jesus. And we believe that he is the perfect, spotless lamb of God. And because he died, we don't have to experience death. Amen? Amen. So when you take that bread in your hand this morning, Jesus said, let that be a reminder of my body that is broken for you. You take that little glass of juice. You are, he is saying, you be reminded that it's my blood that washed your sin away. 
That's what we proclaim. It is a, every time we get together and have communion, it is a beautiful picture of the gospel. Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and he is coming again. That's what we proclaim every single time we have communion. Jesus, we believe in you. Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim. And he says to eat and to drink. I don't want you to miss this. So, so you could say the very first part of verse 26 just screams out the fact that Jesus is Savior. But if you think about the bread and the wine, he's also our sustainer. I... Uh, I don't know how long ago, but, but several, several weeks ago, I got on the scales, and I weighed 200 and none of your business. <laughs> so I've been doing some things. I mean, it's kind of important what your body participates in, and my body has been participating in things that were not wholesome and healthy. So I've changed my diet. I've been eating cleaner. I haven't had a Dr. Pepper, which I would love to have some of those 23 flavors going through my body right now. <laughs> so I've changed my diet. I, I, I'm, I'm learning that here's the deal. I mean, those food that, uh, that, I, that I take in and participate with has an effect on me. And so I'll just tell you, yesterday the scale said 190. I don't mind telling you that, 190. So it's coming down. It's going to keep coming down. I hope. <laughs> you understand what you feed on is important, right? The second thing that we're going to proclaim today as we have communion together is that we are proclaiming that our spiritual nourishment only comes from one place, and that is Jesus. He is our spiritual food. He is our spiritual nourishment. He is my source of peace. He is the one who has redeemed. He is the one who justifies. He is the one who delivers. He is the one who restores. He is the one that can make all things new. I can grow these spiritual muscles because I belong to Jesus. Now remember, you have to eat and you have to drink. That means it's something that you participate in. Some of you here today, you may know facts about Jesus, but the question I have for many of you today is this. Have you participated in what he accomplished at the cross? I mean, have you really tasted the Lord that he is good? We're talking about something that's not just about factual information. We're talking about something that is actual, that changes a person. So we proclaim, Jesus, you are our Savior. We proclaim, Jesus, you are the one who satisfies our soul. We are proclaiming, Jesus, you are the source of our spiritual health and strength. It is not in your church attendance. It is not in your works. It is only in the life of Jesus himself. It is his life, 
being lived in and through me for his good and for his glory. We proclaim that. It's like we're screaming it. Jesus, I believe that you and you alone are the only Savior. And you and you alone are the one who satisfies our soul. You know, if you go to somebody's house and they, you know, they, they fix a meal for you and um, another sweet friend is here today and um, your mama's here so you better behave. I will send, she's looking at you right now, all right? She's looking at you right now. And so Miss Betty's here, Mr. Don, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times that we've gone into to her home and she has prepared a meal. And this lady can throw down in the kitchen, okay? And I'm not, I'm telling you, she can throw down. And you know, when you walk in, I mean, so if somebody invites you to come into their home and when you walk in, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on. I mean, a lot of senses are firing off, Right? And so when you walk out, one is the smell. You, you know what I'm talking about? When you walk into, you know, so, so we had barbecue. So that's an unmistakable smell, isn't it? Some of you have subliminally been, ch- now you're thinking, hmm, maybe we'll have barbecue for lunch, right? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, I just mentioned barbecue. If you think about it long enough, you can smell it. And then you can what? Taste it. And you can feel it and you're going there today I can tell you're going there so you walk in that home and man there's the there's the smell and it just knocks you right I mean bam right in the face but then you look and, and Betty Betty knows how Betty knows it's not just about the it's important that the food tastes good but it's got to look good too right and she will have that table just all decorated and it's all I mean, and when you look at it you just go oh my goodness what a beautiful table because it's just loaded with good food and so today we come to the table of the lord and he talks about his body and he talks about his blood and as a child of god you know what that does to me I can't help but say, oh God, you look so beautiful. That we could behold the beauty of Jesus himself. The one who came, the one who lived, the one who died, the one who rose again. We behold your beauty. And we recognize that you are our spiritual food. You are our spiritual nourishment. How would you know if you've been spiritually nourished? There's a lot of different scripture passages I could look to today, but let me just tell you real quick four things in Ephesians chapter 4 because Paul says, hey, you want to know what a mature Christian looks like? You want to know somebody who's had a good, healthy, spiritual diet? You want to know what that body looks like? I'll tell you. And he says, number one, they know how to handle the scriptures. They know the word of God. They know how to handle truth. Number two, they are a part of body life. 
They are not the kind of person that comes to church like maybe once a second or, or twice a year or something like that. No, 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 no. They are connected to a body. Number three, there, there, is, there is something about them that, that you can just see that God is working in the realm of relationships. They, I'm telling you, they are relational people and they're growing in those relationships. Number four, they love God and they love people and that love love continues to grow now i don't know about your your report card might have been different than god's report card right if we're not careful i mean our report card can be a lot different than god's report card what's what's important is not my report card or your report card what's really important is god's report card right and so the only way for us to grow and the only way for us to develop spiritually is in him we participate with Jesus. That's the beautiful picture here. Very quickly, look, 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 one more, one more thing. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we're saying this, Jesus, we are going to scream out today as we join together in this body of believers, we're going to join together around the table. And as we, as we participate with you, as we eat the bread and drink of the cup, this new covenant in your blood. Remember, old covenant was man having to kill a sacrifice. New covenant, Jesus is the sacrifice, right? And so, Lord, we, we are going to proclaim that you are our Savior, and it's only through Jesus. And not only are we saying that you're Savior, we're saying that you are sustainer because you feed us and we can feast upon you. But don't forget this. He's also our sovereign king. And the Bible says he's coming again. Now, he came once, right? And he walked on this earth. The Bible makes it pretty clear he's coming again. Now, he's not going to be walking the second time he comes. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, there's going to be the sound of a trumpet. There's going to be a shout. The eastern skies are going to roll back, and there comes our king. Right? There comes King Jesus. Oh, my soul, I kind of want to sing the last verse of It Is Well With My Soul. I won't bore you with that, but I'm telling you right now, just think about it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Why is that important? Because remember, they were looking back to the Passover, the meal. The re and you gotta, you got to know this too. He says as often as you do this, which means this is just not a one-shot deal. This is an unending buffet. Now, Baptist ought to have shouted right there, right? <laughs> this, this meal, this buffet, we, we do it again and again and again and again. And as often as we do it, we proclaim that he is Savior. We proclaim that he is Satisfier. We proclaim that he is the Son king who is going to come back he will right every wrong one day so you understand that night when jesus was meeting with his disciples it was just an appetizer 
Today, what you and I are a part of is just an appetizer. Y'all know what an appetizer is, right? You know, you go out, you go to a restaurant, and the first thing they say is, what would you like to drink? And they tell them what you want to drink, and then they say, would you like to have an appetizer? And then they tell you all these wonderful, delicious things, and you you can't make up your mind, so you just say, yeah, give us one of those. And you nibble on that, and it's really, really good, but it's just, it's not the main course. It's not the steak yet, or lobster, or whatever. It's a preview of what's to come. Today is a preview. We, we remember the Passover meal. We participate in it now because the Lord says, as you do it, you're proclaiming me. But look, 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 look. It's pointing to something that's going to happen in the future. By the way, it's a meal. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's when every born-again child of God of every tribe, nation, and tongue gather around the throne of God. He is going to set a table. We are going to feast like we have never, ever feasted before. Oh, this should encourage me. This should encourage you. There is, listen, we are just... We are just in a mode to preview all that God really does have for us in the future. That's why I'm not getting stuck here. I'm not driving my, my tent pegs any deeper. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Amen? Let's giddy up and get out of here. I'm not worried about dying. You read the, you, if you pick up the Spartanburg Herald tomorrow and it says that I died, don't believe it, didn't do it. Didn't do it. I'm kicking up gold dust, friend. Why? Because I have a sovereign king. He's going to rescue me. He's rescued me, but he's going to rescue me from this forever one day, right? And what I get to experience now is a preview of what's going to happen then. The lamb, the supper, the celebration that we get to experience today is just an appetizer for what's going to happen in the future. And so today, just listen again to the entirety of the passage. Just, just, just let it resonate. For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. And I want to, I want to have some sense of a, a time that you can just, just spend with Jesus for just a few minutes. I know sometimes we... We may call it an invitation, and in some respect, it is an invitation. I mean, the whole thing of 
The Lord's table is an invitation. God invites us to sit and dine with Him. So it's an invitation. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior. And I can't think of a better day than today. The Word says that today is the day of salvation. And so if you are here today and you have never trusted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, maybe the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. Maybe the gospel has penetrated your heart. Maybe for the first time your eyes, your spiritual eyes have been opened. The veil has been removed and you see Jesus. And you see him speaking to you, calling you, wanting to rescue you, deliver you. God died in order that his judgment would not separate you from him forever, but that you would have sweet communion with him now and in the forever. And so part of our time of commitment today is just giving an invitation to someone here today to taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe you're here today and you're a believer, but your walk, where you've been eating, what you've been nourishing your spirit man with, maybe God, the Holy Spirit, has shown you today that you've got to change the diet. And there's only one place that you can eat in such a way that you receive all that Jesus has done for us and all that he wants to do in you. And that Jesus is your spiritual nourishment and food. And so maybe for someone here today, there's just the, the, the idea that there needs to be some repentance. So we, we can repent of sin and self and turn to Jesus as Savior, but even those of us who are Jesus followers constantly need to understand the way of repentance. That God would clean us up, that God would restore us. Maybe somebody here today would say, Ken, I, I am trusting Jesus. I know that he is my spiritual nourishment and I want to be a part of, 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 a, of a body, a relationship where, where I can grow in that. And, and the celebration that we share together will just be an, an appetizer for what heaven is really going to be like. Maybe you need a church home. Maybe you need to, to anchor in to a body of believers where the scripture is taught, where the scriptures are encouraged, and a people are just hungry to worship and serve the Lord. So I've laid out a lot that could happen in this time of commitment. I pray that someone will be saved. I pray that someone would come home. And I pray that someone would just feel at home here and be a part of what God is doing.
So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right there. You're sitting your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I'm going to ask our singers just to, to lead us maybe in just a, a couple of verses. If you want to come and pray, maybe you just want to come and pray and just get your heart right before we sit down at the table together. Trust Him. Simply trust Him. standing I'm just going to ask you to reach over and you can grab that little little combo that's prepared for you and if somehow you did not get one of these when you came in and you want to participate would you just hold up your hand and one of our ushers there you go guys if you'll come we've got several folks and we'll give you just a moment to serve them there you go God bless you Got some, some toward the front as well. Brother Gene, there's some family here in the front. Anybody on this section? All right, anybody in the balcony? We don't want to overlook anyone. And then we've got some folks over to my right, your left. Okay, balcony, where's the balcony? There we go. Thank y'all for helping. I don't want anybody to be overlooked, okay? I really don't. I wouldn't want that at all. So has everyone been served? We got to still have up, up in the, there's someone in the balcony. There we go. Why don't you take that little wafer out? And I just want you to think for just a moment about Jesus and you can see him in the upper room with his disciples declaring that his body is going to have to be broken. 
had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, we've got one more act of worship today. And that's our worship in giving. And so, Lord, thank you for the privilege and the joy to worship you, God, in our giving today. We recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Father, I recognize that today. God, uh, my clothes, my car, my house, my bride, my children, my grandchildren, my daughter-in-laws, my son-in-law, my friend, God, my church family. It's all a gift. And God, I know that it comes from you. I thank you that you enable us the strength to work, to earn a wage. And now, God, we want to come today and to say, even, God, with our monetary gift, we recognize where this comes from. And God, thank you for your blessing. And God, we give today believing that you're going to use these resources to help us better understand our mission, our vision, and how we're going to connect with this community to show them the very Savior, Sustainer, and Sovereign King that we have talked about today. And so, Lord, you bless the gift and bless the giver. And we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So you come and just give your offering to the Lord.
As we leave today, I want to remind you that Joey and Shannon are going to be out at the uh, welcome desk. This Wednesday night starts our um, Life Change University. There's classes you can sign up for, so please take advantage of that. And men, we'll see you at 6.15 this evening. Arena, would you give me a C major chord, please? And Lord, haste the day when.